previously on Just Cow in the City. What's up, everyone? Times Square sucks! Do you know how much thought went into coming here today? Even when I'm not trying, I'm hilarious. That's not like it's supposed to be on Peter Pan! Because I'm so fucking bored and this wasn't supposed to happen and I need something to calm me down! Well, lucky fucking me again! Your grades were supposed to be in two days ago, jerk-off. I own the hottest club in New York City. I want you working for me. Somewhere out on that horizon. There's a guy who thinks he's great. He's got a podcast that's amazing. When his friends all listen, they become irate. Just cow in the city. Uh huh. Just cow in the city. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up? Oh, uh, well, listen, I don't know if it's a keeper either, but it is. The new way to go. I told you I'd have something. I was gonna wait till June, but I couldn't wait anymore. Everybody hated the the uh, the other one, so we're gonna go with this one for a couple of weeks, I guess, until we decide that everybody uh, might be okay with this, or maybe we just go back to service. But this one, come on, the Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. It's a just cow in the city. Oh. <laughs> yes, the great Joe Walsh, and uh, let's see if this one sticks. I don't think it will. I, I mean, there's comedy to it, but there was comedy in the last one, and it's just nothing seems to be sticking like the first one. But we'll keep trying because that is kind of the fun, isn't it? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another quality episode of Just Cow in the City. Uh, yeah, now I'm not, now you're gonna have to say when people say, what podcast do you listen to? I listen to Just Cow in the City. Oh, uh, yeah. You're not gonna be able to do it any other way, but hello. Welcome to the month of April, April 4, to be exact, when this comes out. Taping a little day early because I'm gonna be going out on Friday. My sister's having her yearly birthday party, which is a usual shit show of uh, drinking and festivities. And then, of course, uh, the fun part is working early in the morning the next day. My favorite thing to do in the whole world. When will this end? No one knows. It doesn't matter. It is something everybody has to do, so it's hard to complain when I guess I should just be grateful I was able to get a job at this age and at this time and with an antiquated profession, whatever it is that I do. But... I'm so glad to talk to everybody today because we're going to have an outstanding day today. I don't know why. I'm just getting a good feeling about it. Getting a good feeling of the podcast, even though there's really nothing going on. I really just haven't had much going on besides this. And so, I mean, I go out and everything, you know, but it's just nothing like, a, I don't know. But I have these parts in my life where just there's no entertainment value. Now, meanwhile, the comedy seller, if you've maybe read, in the New York Post yesterday, and I heard about it, of course, before, is that the owner, Noam Dorman, purchased this old McDonald's on 3rd Street that was the worst McDonald's maybe in the world, 
because you'd get a Mick beating. Thank you. Every time you went in, it was open 24 hours. It was a troublesome spot. It was it was a disaster, and it closed thanks to COVID. See, sometimes COVID has good things come out of it, and Gnome just bought the place for $7 million to add on another space for the Comedy Cellar to have additional shows, making him truly the greatest comedy club well, probably in the world, there's just so many. I mean, it's amazing. It's a miracle. Now he'll have one, two, three, four, five, maybe six rooms. I don't know what the plan is for it, but it's more of a theater. It's got a mezzanine and everything. So hopefully that is where I'll be able to do, uh, you know, different kinds of shows. I mean, I guess I'll talk to him about it. Maybe things will, this could be uh, very beneficial for me, Dave Juskow, as uh, whatever it is I am, a comedian or all-around entertainer, as uh, Beth Casper calls it, uh, you know, when you're 10 and you're an all-around entertainer in, in the junior high. But, yes, perhaps this is good for me, uh, I'd like to think, but it's good for, and it's good to be a part of the comedy cellar in some way or another as these amazing things have to happen. You know, I don't know whether you guys know, but Gnome, who is, you know, great and been uh, nothing but an amazing friend to me, thank goodness, otherwise there's no way I'd be there with the antics I've pulled, it is, you know, he got the club handed down to him by his father, Menachem, <laughs> uh, they call him Manny, uh, by, yeah, by his father a long time ago, and a lot of people, of course, remember his father, and that's why a lot of the, a lot of the people that are still there that aren't very good and should be banished from the club are there because... They love his father loved them, and he obviously lied his father. Listen, you always like your father if your father's rich and he leaves you stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, me and my sister are down on our father because not only didn't he leave us anything, but he was kind of a dick, and he left us with a mound of debt. So nobody likes that kind of father. But, yeah, so no one was saying, I'm going to leave this to my kids, which is completely unacceptable, of course, but... That's all right. They're good kids, and I know them, and I like them, and they're just little now, and I'm sure they'll be very, very grateful, as we have seen at the Comedy Cellar, these kids of comics. Uh, I'm talking about Henry Gold, that's Judy Gold's kid, or the Geraldo brothers from uh, Greg Geraldo's Seed. Uh, all these kids are coming in and working at the cellar. So there is a... Uh, what would you, I don't want to call it nepotism because that's kind of a bad word, but there is kind of a, a nice transition down there where it's acceptable and we like it where somebody is a legacy, as they used to call it, which was a kind word for a fraternity or something like that. So that's okay. And if Gnome or his kids do any as good as Gnome does, of course, that, that doesn't happen all the time. I think Hal Steinbrenner just watched the Reggie Jackson documentary last night on Amazon, which was okay. It, there was, unfortunately, there was nothing new, so I didn't love it. And I love Reggie Jackson. I mean, I as a kid, obviously, who didn't worship Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson was the goddamn greatest. The best interview was recently, a week ago, on Howard Stern. And the documentary really fell short of what he revealed on Howard Stern. And so that's a problem for me. The documentary didn't tell us anything we didn't know. So that's problematic, but certainly it shows 
you know, which is important, what he had to go through as a black guy in a white world, and that's always fascinating, and the horribleness. You know, he's probably the last of the greats that had to be turned down for hotels or things because he was black, where the other teammates either had to go with go to another location. He was he was very lucky. I think he got some good teammates, whether he was in the minor leagues or in the big well, the big leagues that didn't happen obviously, but when he was in the minor leagues where he had good teammates that would leave a hotel because they wouldn't let Reggie stay there or a restaurant or whatever. And that's pretty good. But I mean, you know, the fact that this all happened in my lifetime, you know, it's funny. He was talking about his getting watching his mother get dressed to vote when he was young. I guess he said in 65 or something like that. I just keep thinking that, you know, the the year I was born is black people weren't able to vote yet. I mean, I can't believe I'm old enough where that's a thing. And that's pretty fucked up. So you have to say, and 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 they talk about in the documentary the whole time, they talk about, he's talking to Hank Aaron. He's like, do you think things are better? But I think he's talking about in baseball. And he's like, no. So I think the documentary goes to this point where they're like, it's not going to be better until somebody gets in office. And and I think Reggie has one in the, in the Houston at the Astros. So it, it's kind of, a, I guess, if you look at it that way, a good ending and a you know, spoiler alert, big deal. I, I think you just have to look at things when you're thinking, are things better or worse? And we know things are bad now, but things are worse now. Sarah and I were talking about this last week because we just hear about more stuff and quickly now. And, and that's the difference. But, you know, when you look at it in the long run, the fact that black people couldn't vote in my lifetime and then there was a black president in my lifetime is, is pretty good. Right, I mean, at least it's a little bit of progress. There's no other. If you don't look at it that way, you're just gonna we're just gonna kill ourselves. I mean, really, just because then you're just, there's no hope. And that's why it's funny with that documentary. It's poor Hank Aaron. I mean, that guy. And they just interviewed him just before he died. Um, I mean, I you just that, that I I don't even like mentioning his name. What that guy had to go through was even worse than Red because at least Hank Aaron came before Reggie. So you know he took a lot of the crap before you know there's always the people that have to that get screwed before somebody can make it you know i keep talking about mateo and all the gay guys that came before him that weren't allowed to say they were gay the comedians i'm saying about on stage and let alone way before that even before those guys that i know went on and it's just crazy but i mean i guess that's a little bit of progress right and that's all you can expect most people's lifetimes aren't going to see a lot of progress but you might get to see one or two things you know, I mean, again, the fact that I was born when there wasn't space travel and you know, nobody had been on the moon yet. It's so weird. And that's a little thing. And now they send William Shatner into space, one actual space one day. I mean, you know, or just, uh, you know, one of my friends, one of my friends, I'm sure I'm going to know somebody who's going into that space where they're going to be in space for us and they're taking passengers. I mean, it's really crazy. So I guess the question would be, if somebody could get to Mars, by the time I die, I would see the moon and Mars in one lifetime. That's pretty good. But that's not what we're talking about. And I got off on a way big tangent. But I guess I am fresh off the Reggie Jackson documentary, who really was my hero, not even for a second as a kid, thinking that he was black. And I talk about this on Marina's podcast all the time. I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. 
you know, it just never occurred to me, I like him and he's black. I just liked Reggie Jackson. Everybody liked Reggie Jackson, and I'm glad the Reggie bars are back. I showed you a picture of them last week on the bonus show. Hi, I'm Reggie, a famous ball player they named this candy bar after. Peanuts make it my candy bar. Sorry, I'm the Reggie they named the bar after. Sweet caramel makes it my kind of bar. Hey, I'm the real Reggie. Have I got the outfit or not, eh? This is my kind of rich chocolatey covering. That's funny. I thought I was the real Reggie. Reggie, it's everybody's kind of candy bar. And of course... The greatest thing, which they never talk about, and they didn't mention, well, Howard mentioned at least him in the naked gun. <laughs> they were laughing about that with that big girl falls on him when he's about to shoot the queen. So that was awesome. But they don't mention my favorite Love Boat episode, really my favorite Love Boat episode with Reggie Jackson uh, as the one of the stars. And, you know, that's during his time. It's just the way I like Terry Bradshaw and all those sports guys are uh, Joe Klecko in Smokey and the Bandit. You know, when they have those kind of guys on your shows or movies, and Joe Namath and on the Brady Bunch, I mean, it's just the goddamn best. Even when they host Saturday Night Live, Travis Kelsey was the host of Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago. And what's better than that? You know, one of your sports celebrities, and especially Travis Kelsey, not just a quarterback, you know, just a random, you know, wide receiver or whatever he is, a tight end, I don't know. Being hosting a show like that, it's it's and you know the best about sports figures hosting a show is you know how far will they go with it? And he went all the way, and he was obviously like a good sport, and that's all you can ask. Of course, nobody did better than Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live, but so until somebody really beats that performance, then uh, it's all just okay. You know, Reggie Jackson being the the greatest sports legend in 1977 after hitting the three home runs and. Reggie Jackson has seen two pitches in the strike zone tonight, two, and he's hit them both in the seat. enough i know everybody knows it and they just don't want to concentrate on the documentary like well we can't just concentrate on that but no you know what they didn't even do my favorite part where because i remember watching as a kid in 1977 he you know he's hitting he hit this two then he hit the 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 third and then when he went back in the outfield he asked for a helmet because he knew he was gonna get you know people were just throwing stuff because yankee fans are douchebags even when they're happy they're just throwing shit so they've been douchebags for years. He, I, that was my favorite, but he asked for a helmet. There was a big thing because I guess Howard Cosell was calling, and I don't remember exactly who was calling. I think it was Howard, and he, he went back out there. In the right, he had to go back out in right field or left field, whatever it was. I think it's right field. Those are the worst fans, I think, in the right field bleachers, if I remember correctly. 
and 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 he had to ask for a helmet because he was just like it was insane. Three home runs in a World Series and five home runs. They have the statistic in a World Series in general had never been done back then. Uh, maybe it has now. I don't know. I don't care. But Reggie was the shit, and he was an interesting guy. And he was he talked off the cuff, you know. So he was his own person, and that just made him goddamn cool. And he was cool. And there's nothing about him now that says otherwise. He just spoke out against injustice and prejudice uh, against the the horrible uh, Billy Martin or something from the Yankees who clearly might have been prejudiced or the owner of the A's, all these people, which that part is really interesting. And who knows? You know, it's funny. Maybe everybody's prejudiced, you know, that there's a black guy in the Yankees uh, uh, but then when you start winning and he's the reason why, you lose that prejudice. It's funny. It's like I've always said, when people are pretty and attractive, it just seems like nobody cares whether you're black or whatever you are. Uh, it seems like people really are only prejudiced against ugly people. Um, that, that's, that's my idiotic theory. But anyway, Reggie Jackson was on the love boat. And it was an amazing episode, and I've told you this before. I don't know whether I had a clip or not. I can't remember. Ooh, but I think I can get one today. And he was on the episode, and I don't remember whether he's playing Reggie Jackson or a likeness of Reggie Jackson. And, of course, he's friends with Isaac, and he goes, listen, Isaac, I'm on this cruise to relax. I don't want anybody to know who I am. Does anybody remember this except me? And this, again, off the top of my head, I've never seen it since, but I'm excited to kind of watch it right after this. And... He goes, I don't want anybody to notice me. And then he gets upset that nobody's recognizing him. And then he starts telling people, "He, no, I am Reggie Jackson. They're like, sure you are. And then at the end of the episode, I told Sarah this the other day, I guess. Um, at the end of the episode, he's holding up a sign saying, I am Reggie Jackson. Or again, whoever he was, whether it, maybe it was Reggie, I don't know. And then everybody's coming up and getting his autograph and stuff. So, you know, for, again, for a sports figure, to have a sense of humor like that, it was the best if you're a little boy and he's kind of your hero. And then, of course, if, if I remember correctly, and we'll find out, I'll play the clip. I don't have it with me right now. I think Captain Steubing says, wow, I can't believe all this time I didn't realize O.J. Simpson was on my ship. I think that's the last line. He thinks it's O.J. I think that's it. And if that's it, boy, that's even better. Freight train! Freight train Washington! Reggie! <laughs> hey! Hey, yeah, fine, man. Work on the ship? Yeah! I didn't know that. Hey, well, I know what you've been doing. I mean. Ooh, wait! <laughs> hey, listen, man. I got two of my best friends I want you to meet, okay? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Nobody ever believes me when I tell them Reggie Jackson and I are buddies. Freight train, I need a favor first. Name it. I don't want anybody to know I'm here. Name something else. <laughs> if you ever get to the Big Apple, you stay at my place. All right. And if you play your cards right, I got a little pull, you know. I might be able to get you some tickets to a game in the front row. Solid. See ya. Okay. Hey. That wasn't who I thought it was, was it? Is, was, and always will be. Imagine that. I was on the same ship as... O.J. Simpson. 
seems completely racist in one way, but it's also because of OJ. Meanwhile, OJ, speaking of OJ today, OJ today is, uh, is oh, fortunately, boy, is she lucky, is siding with Gwyneth Paltrow today. He's chiming in and saying, yeah, I've been on that slope before. I don't know if you heard of what's going on with Gwyneth Paltrow. She's getting sued by this douchebag guy who said he has brain damage from her hitting him. And she's like, he hit me on a, on a ski slope in Utah. Somebody just put out that this is like the whitest thing they ever heard. Like somebody suing them, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, blonde Gwyneth Paltrow on a ski slope in Utah. Everything about it is white, you know, since what we were just talking about before. But OJ's chiming in saying, yeah, I know that ski slope, man. She, yeah, we got to side with her. Like I'm sure she's thrilled that OJ tweeted just before the jury's about to make their decision. I got to say, if I was the jury, I mean, fortunately, I think he gets sequestered, but if I saw OJ was side, I'm like, maybe we should go the other way. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, this morning I'm doing my normal scrolling through sports and through uh, the news uh, channels, and on one of the news channels, they were talking about Gwyneth Patro and her lawsuit uh, from the skiing accident I guess she had uh, at Deer Valley. And I'm thinking, yeah, Deer Valley got some pretty narrow runs. Uh, and I was thinking about my experience at, <laughs> at Deer Valley. I had a friend named Alan, and he owned a couple of properties up there. So uh, Nicole and I, we went skiing up there. And I had been skiing for a number of years. At this- Boy, that guy just doesn't get it. Why is he tweeting? What? What is he thinking? I don't, you know, nobody wants to hear from that. He's really delusional, but I guess that's obvious. Well, I don't know where that uh, opening came from, but uh, I guess it was on my mind. I just came back from the diner with Nick. Finally, we hadn't gone out for breakfast in a long time. We went to a place called the Comfort Diner on 44th Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenues. I haven't been there in a long time. I don't know whether I'd go back. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, I had, um, for some reason, I decided to have scrambled eggs with locks and onion, like caramelized onion, so they said. It wasn't that good. Toast wasn't that good. French fries were okay. Eh, coffee was all right. The waitress was very nice. There was a horrible family sitting there. There's a lot of, uh, f- like, out-of-towners there, because I guess it's by the U.N., so there was a lot of, uh, you know, I didn't think it would be that crowded at 11 o'clock. If I go to my old diner by my house, which Nick moved, and that's why we weren't going there. The reason why we started hanging out is because he lived in the neighborhood. And now he subsequently moved. He broke up with his girlfriend, and he moved to another place. Uh, so we try and find one in between. But we need to find a, a better, real, old-fashioned diner where we can sit and hang out. And my diner, although it's quiet and nice, this one was just kind of loud and had kids because it's everybody's on vacation if they're there, I guess, because it's by the UN. So it's, you know, no, I think it's from different nations and stuff, which is fine. It's just, you know, at 11, you're going there because you want to hang out and just be quiet. And, you know, that's why we could have made it 12, but then you have the lunch rush everywhere. So you don't want that. But it wasn't horrible, but I don't know. We just keep trying. And remember, the last time we went was to Jackson Hole. So the the place that charges 100 and $17 for two hamburgers and an appetizer. And he goes, you know, I went back there since we went there. I went with a girl and I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 back up. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> the backup truck. Um, no, because we always talk about girls. But I guess he's dating somebody new. He won't tell me who it is. He's so secretive. But he's one of those guys. He loves being in a relationship. So I guess it makes sense he was going to meet somebody 
right away. But he uh, went to the Jacksonville. He goes, well, I had, you know, I went out there and it seemed reasonably priced. And I'm like, well, you're an idiot. So really, I guess I got to go back there and just get that bill like uh, I guess Angela or Anonymous said. I think it was Angela. And get it reprinted and find out what the hell happened. Or just really go back and, and see if it happens again, I guess. I don't know. So last night I went out. I finished work and I went with my friend Laura to, I said, hey, let, because I wasn't, I, I knew I wanted to go home because I was out all week. And I said, I just go home, but I'm like, this is kind of my Friday. So I really want to do something. And I said, hey, do you want to, if you're home, I walk past your house. Do you want to meet for sushi at like five o'clock? Like a grandpa, which is funny because she's, you know, really young. But uh, that's when I get out of work. So what do you want to do? And uh, she's like, sure. And I'm like, great. Because, you know, I really like going to sushi restaurants. I don't want to order it in anymore. It's not working. So we went there and had a really nice time. And I guess I must have been tired my whole the whole week. And when you hear what I did, it makes sense. Uh, I guess I just got sleepy. <laughs> I mean, we went and we had a good time. And the food was excellent. But I ordered too much. And this time it was all my fault. And the waitress said nothing. And I told her, I was like, you know, the waitress could have told me I was ordering too much. <laughs> After all, <laughs> the past 10 podcasts, you know, this waitress could have said. <laughs> but it was my fault because I, I, they had, they have this, what is the, I can't remember the name of the place. It starts with an age, Hain, maybe, or something like that. They have pictures of everything. So, you know, I order by the pictures. But I don't want asparagus in sushi, and I don't want mango but I think I ordered stuff that had it because I couldn't get it all out. And I just didn't feel like telling them the changes. I figured I'll just take it out. But I ordered two of the, the big sushi. I don't like to usually order the specialty sushis that are like 17 bucks and they're too big. I don't like all that stuff. So sometimes you order one and you share that or something. I just rather have the regular handle like a tuna or a yellowtail, something like that. But this time, because they have the picture menu, I'm like, I don't know. These look really good. So we had a two of them and then like a yellowtail and a beef negamaki. And it was too much. And because I had also eat. Well, no, I had a salad at lunch, but I did have a breakfast. So whatever the case may be. Uh, so then, it was, you know, she was kind of working from home. So at the end, I guess I had uh, one sake to like a large sake. I'm just telling him because what happened next, what happened next, nothing happened next, but she left. She left me there. And not on per- I'm not mad at her or anything. She had to work. She's like, I got to take care of this call. Do you mind? And I'm like, no, no. If you got to work, like she kept checking her phone because she was technically still working. She met me early, you know, so I can't, I never get mad at somebody when they're working and they were nice enough to meet me anyway. And she's like, I got to go upstairs. And I'm like, that's fine. It's fine. So, but then she left me and I'm just sitting there like, and I couldn't even get up to say goodbye like normally i'd get up like a gentleman and give her a hug and say thank you but i, I couldn't get out i wasn't ready to get up i was too full and i was getting sleepy so i couldn't get up so i was more like more like belloc in uh raiders of the lost ark the first indiana jones where uh they're drinking he's drinking with karen allen and then she pulls the knife and they both laugh and then she's backing out and she's going to escape, and he's just like waving her off, like laughing. Ah, okay, all right, I'll see you later. It was more like that. I felt like an idiot. I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'll see you. And then she left, and I just sat there, not looking at my phone, and just staring into space for like ten minutes until the waitress came over. Like, are you finished? I'm like, yeah, 
yeah, I think they thought she just went to the bathroom, so nobody came over. And I was like, well, I just left three pieces over, but I, they, that was already too much. And I'm like, I really need a nap. <laughs> but I walked there, and I walked home. For, and first of all, the bill this time, I think it was $127 I paid for it because she left. And I was like, don't worry about it, whatever. But that made sense. It was an expensive place, and that added up. So there's no problem with that if it, that's what it is. I, I, I don't want to pay the whole thing, no. But what are you going to do? She'll figure it out next time. But um, I'm just saying, I remember that bill because I was like, that's, that's normal. But it made sense. I ordered two of the, the big things, and I had it coming. I deserved that bill. That, you know, and I love talking about the bill and prices. But that one seems okay. And we all know sushi is very expensive. And I chose to do that. I'm like, I want to just sit down at a nice dinner on my technical Friday and just that's it. That's all I want to do. I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. So then I walk home and all of a sudden it gets freezing because it's like I can't figure it out. It's cold when I leave. Then it's warm when I get out of work and because I get out at, you know, four. And this time, I don't know what happened. I was I, I wish I, I didn't have my hat and I was freezing. And I'm like, oh, God, but I got to walk. I got to walk this off. And it even got worse because then I went and I got an ice cream cone, but it was freezing. But I'm like, I haven't had ice cream after sushi in such a long time. And that really is my favorite thing to do to even either have it at the restaurant or go to an ice cream store after sushi. For some reason, that just works. So I just went to a Baskin Robbins and I, got, I just had a, a chocolate cone. I said chocolate cone. And then the guy got, we don't have chocolate cones. What do you mean you don't have a chocolate cone? I mean, we must have gone back and forth like Abbott and Costello for like 20 minutes. No, no, no. I don't want a chocolate cone. I just want a regular cone. I want chocolate ice cream, you dumb fucking. <laughs> it was half my fault, too. He goes, no, but we actually have chocolate cones. We're out of them today. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. Well, I take that all back. I'm sorry I said those horrible things about you and your people. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but then it's funny when you're at a, uh, they, they have here in the city, at least they have a combination Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. It's pretty stupid, but, uh, you know, at this, so this is what I was having the Baskin Robbins. So at that time, you know, what was it, about seven o'clock now, maybe that's when they always say, do you want donuts? And I'm like, no, I don't want donuts. They're trying to give them away because I've been at a Dunkin' Donuts after seven, just getting like a hot chocolate or something after dinner. And they're like, do you want donuts? And I'm like, no. Because uh, they're trying to give them away because they, they have to. Meanwhile, these girls at my office, the the young attorneys that I know, turned me onto this site. I can't remember what it's called. Is it called Good To Go? It's a brand new site, and a brand new app. They're talking about how it works. And for $5, you can choose a restaurant in your neighborhood. You have to pick it up. And they give you a pickup time, and you get their leftover food that would normally get thrown out. So they were saying, like, God, we got, like, 10 slices of pizza the other day for $5, and we just put it in the fridge or the freezer, and, you know, it lasts for a long time, but they have a lot of the bagel places for sure keep, um, you know, putting it up there. So that's that's an interesting twist that could work for 5 bucks, most of them $4.99, and, but, it, but it's a mystery bag. You don't know what you're going to get, but... For $5, you can take a chance that you're just going to get turnips and be like, well, it didn't work this time. You just, like, three times in a row, you'd be pissed. But, you know, maybe if one time it'll be bad, but the rest might be good. You just don't know. 
It's a grab bag of stuff. Maybe once you get to know those people, maybe they hook you up. But for five bucks for maybe a dinner that lasts one or two days, if you you know put it away yourself, they were just normally going to throw it out. Not bad, right? And you probably can't go wrong with a pizza place because all those pizza places listed on it every day. Because then at least you know you're going to get some sort of Italian, you know, pizza or chicken roll or something like that. You know, it's not. I don't, I don't know what another example would be of something you wouldn't want, but that's an interesting app. I thought I'd like to try. Although I don't know if in this neighborhood, I don't, I don't, really, you know, picking it up isn't a lot of laughs. But I guess if I was coming from work, I guess that could work. I don't know. Something interesting. Maybe I got to give a try so I can report back. So anyway, I'm eating that ice cream cone. It's freezing cold. I look like an idiot. I was just, and I'm, I was I high? I don't remember. All I remember is walking back, and I'm walking up First Avenue. And First Avenue is weird, and it was windy and cold, and uh, I was getting, I was, I wasn't depressed, but I, I was feeling very lonely. I don't think I put on my headphones. I was just walking, but the tune in my head, so you can get where I was in my mind. I guess because she left early, that caused this loneliness um, that I was left at the table, even though, you know, because I have abandonment issues, but I know I wasn't upset about it or anything. I would never be mad at her for this. It was just something that happened. There's a there's a Billy Joel song. If you listen to Billy Joel A to Z, of course, you know what I'm talking about, but there's an unreleased Billy Joel song we went over called The Winter's Crossing. And the song is in my head. It's a great song that he never finished and I love it, and it's in my head all the time. When I was a boy, I can—I had it in my head. It, it, it's, it's this, it, I'll, I'll play it for you right now. When I was just a boy, I dreamt I'd run away to sea. I'd sign a boy. Some merchant ship and sail across the ocean. When I became a man, I put my childish things away and gave up all the dreams I had of sailing on. So long, so long I wave goodbye To my old friend the sea It's winter time And you know I'm not what I used to be So long, so long I think there's the accordion there, right? Yeah. So that's in my head as I'm walking up. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes you just have this sad song in your head, but of loneliness and depression and a lifetime of loneliness as I walk up, up uh, First Avenue. I don't know what happened. Like, I wasn't totally, de- well, because it was still kind of light outside and it was actually kind of pleasant in the sense of, you know, it was still, it was just getting dark around 7.30. It, the skies were clear. It was just really cold and windy. I think the wind always makes me feel lonely. I don't know why. 
something about it that reminds me of uh, being a kid. I, I always like warm and windy, cold and windy kind of stuff. But when you know by the water, it's always windier, and that's what First Avenue is. Like around where I live, you know, it's always oh, I'd say five degrees colder than it is by the time I get to Second Avenue. For real, it's a fact. When I leave my house, it's much colder or better in the summer than it is a block away or an avenue away. There's a definite difference. But it's just like when I go down to work, you know, by the Statue of Liberty and all that water, it's like 10 degrees colder down there because it's always windy. So long, so long. It was either that or the... uh, you know, everybody's favorite, the Stripes um, sad sack song that usually goes through my head uh, on, a, on any given day. That all being said, I came home and was like, well, I'll do a little work. I had planned, like, I'll just go home and take care of some stuff. And I sat at the computer for all of five minutes, and I'm like, I'm exhausted. Forget this. And I sat down to watch TV, and then I was like, forget this. And then I just, let me lie down, because it was only 8.30. And I'm like, well, let me just lie down. And I slept for five hours in my clothes. I just... I was knocked out because my week was a mess. And that's the problem with Wednesday sometimes is I do come home and just sleep for the allotted time I need to sleep. You know, then I watched the Reggie Jackson documentary. Then I went back to sleep. But that happens on so many Wednesdays. I just fall asleep for like five hours, which is good. It's a good five hour sleep. I slept in my clothes. Like I said, I just thought I'd be up in 10 minutes or a half hour. And I get confused because it, I mean, really this week. So I'll tell you. So I'll start it from the, I'll just start it from the beginning on Saturday. Well, when I left you on Friday, you knew I was supposed to have dinner with Sarah, but we weren't seeing the play. And then I just wasn't feeling right. Oh, because my eye was all messed up and I just wasn't feeling right. And it was raining. And I'm like, do you mind if we postpone this and maybe do it tomorrow? And she's like, no problem with that. Which of course sucks because then I have to go out after work, you know, after four o'clock, but eh, whatever. It was just like on Friday, I was, I was, I was Max von Sydowing it up, like, and it's like, I, I'm just at a point in my life where I can't be around people. You, I watch television today. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the way I guess I was feeling that particular day. Anyway, I went down Saturday uh, to see right after work, and I got that. Oh, and I took an Uber. I remember because thinking, oh, because I think it was raining still, and I'm like, you know what? Let me. I'm not going to take the bike. Obviously, it's raining. The, the subway doesn't go anywhere near her. Let me just get down there right away because she probably wanted to get together at 3. I can't go until 4.30. So I took an Uber, which, I, you know, as you know, I usually never do. And it was a very pleasant ride down there. And I was down there right at the time. She goes, I have an idea for us today. Why don't we get, I looked up a place, let's get manicures and pedicures. And then uh, I'm like, that sounds good. That sounds great. I haven't gotten one in three years, and we like getting them together because I'm a homosexual, and that's what I do. 
No, but uh, we like getting them together, and you know that's it's fun. But so she found this place, and then oh, she says they give you a. Uh, the girls know what it is. It's like a. It starts with a P. Uh, it, they put wax all over your hands, and they feel really good, and stuff. I'm like, I'm good with that. I don't really need the pedicure today because I don't know the place, and I have to make sure that the pedicure stuff's in the back so nobody sees me when they're walking by and get too embarrassed. So I'm like, I'll just get that today. Because she didn't want one. That's right. If she wasn't getting one, I don't want to get one if she's not getting one. But if we're both getting manicures, that's okay. And whatever this other thing was called. Which now all you girls are screaming at the phone like, it's called a thing. So we go to this place. We get high, obviously. And we go to this place. And it's really tiny. And I'm already, like, upset about it. And they... and Oh, so... We we had what was it four thirty? I got there, and they said we have an appointment at six fifteen. So we're just hanging around talking, and we're waiting. And the lady at five thirty calls. You can come now. And she's like, for two of us. And I said, make sure you tell them one is a boy, you know, because I want to make sure they know it's a man. Although I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think nowadays men get manicures. But the problem is, in my head, when I got my first one in nineteen seventy seven, boys didn't get manicures, and that goes all the way into the nineties. When the only guys I ever saw getting manicures were the guys that, that I knew from the pizza shop, the Italian guys, they would get them. Otherwise, you know, people didn't understand boys getting manicures. Can you blame them? Because boys are gross. But I always like to have my hands extremely clean, and they were pretty good. But nowadays, it seems like men go all the time. So it's not, I don't really have to tell them, and I don't think they care. I'm old school, and it's, I have to let them know. So we go to this place, and it's only two people working there, the lady who close to come and some dude. And I don't even want to do doing my nails. I mean, what's the fun of that, right? It's like getting a, uh, what, what is it? What, what's, what's that show? It's like, I feel like not getting a masseuse from a guy. That would be okay. Like a massage from a guy would be okay. But sometimes you want a girl. You, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, it's kind of, it's a little gay, I guess. Getting, I never even thought about it. I don't know whether I've had a guy ever do my hands before. Maybe I have. I don't think I care. In fact, I think Sarah and I talk about it. Like, do you care? And I'm like, no, I don't care at all. So I don't know. I guess I was just expecting a woman. So anyway, they're working on this girl is there. And so Sarah and I, so we're just sitting and we're waiting. And we're waiting a long time and we're high. And I'm, you know, always with her pot, I am just a mess. It seems to be better than everything I get. And, and, and they're working on this girl. One's working on her foot, one's working on her hands. And we're just sitting there, we're talking. And, but we're, I'm surprised. I'm like, they're not just taking care of Sarah. Right, I mean, they. I don't know whether this Asian person knows who Sarah is, but I'm positive the girl in the chair must have known, and she must have felt awkward. Like, why aren't they taking care? I mean, this is. I feel really awkward. So we think what happened was this girl was late, and then they told us to come, and then she showed up because we were there for 20 minutes. There was no one else there, and and I was getting upset. I was angry about the way they were running their business and the fact that there was you know really a celebrity there and they're making her wait. It just seemed unacceptable. And the place was too small. Like it was just, it just wasn't fun and I wasn't feeling it. So we started just talking because she's taping a television special today as we speak, which is trying to come up with a name for it. And so we just went over names for her specials. And you would think the girl that was getting her stuff done would be so excited, like, you know, I was in the thing and they were talking about naming her special. I mean, that would be an exciting conversation to be in at the nail salon that you could tell your friends. Assuming she figured it out, she told me some of the names. I'm like, that's awful. She goes, well, here's some of the other names. And she told me one. I, I can just tell you because it, it doesn't matter. She's either going to use it or she's not. It's no secret. <laughs> you know, maybe it is, but who cares? So I found one that just said Sarah Silverman, Boy Scout. 
and and it made me laugh out loud. And she goes, "Really?" And it's like, "Well, that's good that you're laughing out loud because you know nothing about the special." I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." She goes, "I have a whole Boy Scout chunk," and I'm like, "Oh well, I don't know. That one spoke to me." So if she calls it Boy Scout, you can thank your pal Dave Juskow that he came up with the title. Well, then come up, but out of the ones chosen. And then I just started to get upset. I was thirsty. I was just like, this sucks. And she goes, hey, what I, remember what I said? I said, if there's any weirdness, let's just bail. Let's just bail. Let's just. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be. If, like, if you want to do it, she's like, no, I really don't care. So we went out. We said, we'll be back. We're going to get something to drink. And she's like, no, we'll be with you in a second. Like, we're just going to go out something to drink. So we went to the grocery store to get something to drink or the deli next door. And then I said, I don't want to. And then we were just talking in there. And we didn't get anything to drink. We we're just talking in the place. And I said, I don't want to go back there. And she goes, we don't want to go. Let's not go back. Let's go back to. Let's go back and hang out at the hotel. And and I said, yeah. Do you mind? And she goes, no. But of course, she felt a little bad. But I'm like, don't feel that bad. Because then that lady called us about a half, forty minutes later, and said, we're ready now. And I'm like, no, fuck her. That ain't right. That is not right. What just happened? And, and I said, you shouldn't feel bad, because. It's just, it, it was an unacceptable thing. And I mean, not to play the celebrity card, but come on, that's ridiculous. So I was really pissed about that, but I was more upset that I didn't end up getting a manicure. So it's still been three goddamn years. I had to do my own nails. Are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? When I'm talking about celebrity, I'm talking about myself. I'm Just Cow in the City. Just Cow in the City. You hear the the end one? That's supposed to be Mickey Mouse at the end. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I don't know why I added that in. It just felt normal. Anyway, we go back to the hotel and we're talking about what to eat, what we're going to eat, right? And we're sitting in the lobby and still a little high, but I'm facing where everybody's like walking in and I'm like not really comfortable. And But we order these burritos from this place. I think it's called Boquito. And the guys at the, she's like, hey, these guys, recommended the guys from the hotel mat recommended this place and then when we got there the guy was getting the guy working the door was getting a delivery from the place and she's like see and i'm like wow it's for real so we ordered from this place so we got a burrito and i was like that sounds good to me and then i was like and i guess it was all my fault she probably would have eaten down there but i felt awkward eating in front of people that were just coming in like in the lobby just because of where we were sitting because it was crowded so I said, um, can we, and she's like, why don't we just, we'll just go up to the room and eat, which we did. And this burrito was probably the most delicious burrito I've ever had. I don't know where this place came from, but Boquito, I think it's on First Avenue because I think I passed it on the bus the other day, but it was really good. And I don't know, I guess, I guess I was just so high. And then I think we had some cookies in the room and then I left and she goes, let me give you an Uber home. I'm like, no, that's not necessary, but I really couldn't wait to get home. So she gave me an Uber home. I said, okay, okay, fine. I mean, she knows I like to usually walk, but for some reason it was cold and dreary and I just really wanted to get home and just really just be in my house already and safe and sound. And you know how that is with me sometimes, just not in the mood. I just want to relax and be, I'm still so high. I took one puff. I'm telling you, I don't know what that shit is she has. So I just wanted to, you know, be at home base already. So I took this ride and I got in the car and this woman wouldn't shut up, which was fine. I don't mind her talking to me. 
And she, I think she was pretty, but I couldn't tell she was Indian. And the car smelled awful. And I don't know if that's a correlation or not, but I'm just saying it smelled pretty bad. I think she was pretty, but she just kept talking about her life and her uh, being a single mother and all this kind of stuff, which again, couldn't care less. I was engaging with her. I, I didn't, I never started, but then she was talking, I was talking back and I couldn't have been cared less at all. However, she was not concentrating on driving and therein lies a major problem with Uber drivers like that or a taxi driver. They're not paying attention. This happened on uh, Christmas after the Caroline show. I think I told you we're in a cab driver. He's talking. He's looking back when he's talking to you. They're not concentrating on the road. And that is very disturbing, especially as a driver in this city. The stuff that she's not concentrating in, which is so obvious to me that this cab or whatever is going to stop and you're just sitting behind it when there's a green light and you didn't see that coming is because you're not paying attention to how the city is working because you're concentrating on talking to me. And if you can't do two things at the same time while driving, which is keeping your eyes fully on the road, never looking at me unless we're at a light, a red light, then you are a horrible driver. And I hate to say it because she couldn't have been anything but more delightful. So it's kind of funny that the trip home was like that because the trip there was the exact opposite. That cab smelled really good because the guy had one of those Christmas tree uh, things, which I guess I haven't smelled in years. But I might put one in my car again because I haven't had it since the since the early 80s. And he didn't say a word. <laughs> it was the exact opposite trip. Uh, but like I said, she was very nice. But I mean, you got to concentrate on the road. That's completely unacceptable. She's going slow. She's missing lights. It's, it, you know, I'm like, are you sure you... I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because I don't know what to do in that situation. And I don't know if you've been in that situation, but it ain't good. But I don't want to be a dick. Unless the guy was a dick, then I'll be a dick. You know, and then so Howard Stern this week was talking about the people on his show's Uber ratings. And they said, you know, a lot of them have 4.6 or 4.5. Mine's like a 4.7 because, and I don't know why. I'm, I'm usually pretty, I mean, I've definitely yelled at a couple when they don't know where they're going. You know, and that that rating system is horrible because if you don't give them five stars and they give you bad ratings and you got to give everybody five stars or then you get bad rating. I didn't see I didn't know there was a system. So maybe I wasn't rating anybody at first. And I don't know how you get that back. I don't think I've had a bad rating in a while. And I'd like to know why or who gave me those ratings. But I was looking at the history and I I couldn't find it. So I guess a four point seven is not very good. As I heard on the Stern show, I, I guess, uh, you you know, but I, I can't imagine everybody has a five. But unfortunately, when it started, I didn't know you were supposed to give them stars. And I might have given three stars sometimes. I didn't know you had to give everybody five stars. What's the point of the goddamn system? Or they get angry at you and they give you a bad star. And sometimes it takes me like till the next time I get an Uber to rate and I forget. But I usually tip and I leave the stars. I just might not do it on the spot. I'm not thinking about it. I just, the next time I open the Uber app and it comes up, I'm like, oh shit, right. So I guess that does suck. I've been trying to be more diligent about that lately, but I noticed my Uber rating ain't that good. I mean, I think I yelled at this guy once because he was completely going the wrong way. And he said, what's the matter with you? I told you exactly which way to go, dummy. <laughs> and I got out of the car because the guy was actually out of his mind. I mean, that sometimes that's going to happen. But normally, I'm extremely nice, 
I'm sorry. It, so, if you're not paying attention to the road and you're just gabbing away like this guy was doing at Christmas time, not cool. That is going to end up bad. I just don't understand. Again, as a driver myself and a pretty good driver, as as people have said in the car, I'm not just saying I am a good driver. And people have said you're a very good driver. I'm like, thank you. You know, like I've said a hundred times. For some reason, I have nothing but patience when I'm driving, and no patience for anything else in the world. Some, something about driving completely soothes me, and I'm a completely different. I'm just a Dan every time I'm driving. I, I wish I could apply that to my everyday life, but I cannot. I was lost. In this life, just another tragic end to a hopeful start, but I fell back in love when I stumbled onto you with a broken heart. I know the same thing happened to you, something that you had to go through on your own. Sometimes it's nobody else's affair, and if you want them to leave you alone, tell them So Sunday, we Alan and I went to see Billy Joel, and I got really wasted. I guess that was my plan, so I don't know. I felt like, because that's what happened. Alan and I did that the first time we went together, so I just assumed we were going to do that again, but he wasn't keeping up, so I don't know what his problem was. Maybe it's because it was on a Sunday night and he had to work, but I had to work a 16-hour shift the next day, and I still went for it because I'm more of a man then that guy could ever no so that was my plan all along that i was going to get pretty fucked up and i you know i worked that day and then i went downtown and met him at the bar and i figured it out when i was at work the next day telling my boss i said i think i had 70 72 ounces of beer like i figured it out so 72 ounces of beer some jameson and i got high so i was pretty fucked up by the time i even got to the show <laughs> And then uh, by the time the the middle of the show, I was a mess. And I guess because while I was walking down there, my stomach was starting to hurt because all I was thinking about was like, geez, you know, how do people, how do we get there? You know, it's so stressful if you think about going to a concert or a sporting event. You, you have to squeeze yourself into the stadium. You know, how's that going to work? You know what I mean? Like there's all these people are going to pile in and we got to find our seats. And if you start thinking that way, you're going to drive yourself crazy. But that's the way, unfortunately, my mind works. So until we get there, I'm like a mess. Let alone there's so much construction going on at Madison Square Garden. It is not a fun place to be anymore. It is really, really bad. And Boomer Esiason, who is a, a sports uh, announcer and an old football player, uh, in New York was talking about that the other day because, you know, the Rangers play in the same place Billy Joel is. And he was like, it's awful now. There's just too much construction and it is not working anymore. That location is just bad because they're talking about moving Madison Square Garden. They're talking about it. I don't know if it'll ever happen in our lifetime as we keep talking about on this podcast. So we get to the show and uh, we're sitting next to these really pretty girls, which was already intimidating. Uh, and they're wearing very short skirts. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, oh, I don't know. I guess I'm just high. 
Uh, there was no issue. You just got to relax, right? I just didn't expect to see any. I just assumed everyone was my age there. But then, of course, Alon's like 20 years younger than me. So there's people of all ages there, of course. Uh, I was just high and really drunk, but having a good time. But then also having a bad time in the sense, not having a bad time. I'm just like, and we're probably going to talk about this on the show, but it's just, it's just, it's the same goddamn show all the time. You know, it's, it's getting frustrating. It's the same order. It's the same songs. I know that's the way it is. It's just like, how many times can you see? I mean, you know, mix it up a little bit. It's the same encore. It's this. The only thing you can hope for is a special guest. And then there's a song and there was a special guest. The guy from ZZ Top was there. Uh, what's his name? Billy something or other. And that was okay. I would have preferred to be there with Olivia Rodrigo, of course. Uh, that's all right. You know, and it was exciting. And Alon got a lot of footage, which was nice. But I don't know. I was just, you know, we were, I mean, you can see, right? He put it up on Instagram. And I'm like, and he put it up on Instagram. And I'm like, wait, I don't even remember any of that. Like, we, he has us singing. I'm like, when did we do that? Oh my God, I was out of it. But having a really good time. And I guess we went to the bathroom, the usual time, the River of Dreams. I'm like, maybe we could get through it this time because I really didn't have to go. And he's like, no, no, we got to go. That's the tradition. I'm like, well, I'm up for that. And I can't remember what they played in the middle, but he'll remember. And I think he played something different this time, but I can't remember that either. I was really out of it. And then we we stayed for a while and then you know, we waited for everybody to get out, which was such a good move because it's such a disaster there. And then we went, for some reason, we went to Times Square to get pizza. I, I was just doing whatever he said to do because I was that out of it. And we went to, what is it, Joe's Pizza, I guess? He goes, there's Joe. I'm like, I guess. And there was a huge line outside on a Sunday in Times Square. I guess it's all full of tourists. And I don't know what time it was. I guess it was after midnight. Yeah, because the show started at 830. I, maybe it was only 1130. I don't know. I lost track of time, and I don't know how I got home. And we were just waiting for the pizza, and the pizza was really good. I'm like, I could have had 10 more of these. Like, it was just really delicious, and it worked. And and I think I was just looking at my camera to look at the pictures today, and I took all these pictures of Times Square on my walk home because I thought you guys would like it for the bonus show because it is, you know, when you live somewhere, you don't live in New York City, these kind of pictures, I assume, are fun. So I took a whole bunch of pictures, but the next day I'm like, I'm like, when did I take these? And how did I get home? I think I ended up taking a bike after a while. I don't know why. And then I guess I got home around one or two. <laughs> I, and I don't know how that is because I think Alan was like, wait, you're just getting home now? So I don't know exactly what happened. But then I had to wake up three hours later for work on a 16-day day. But I was prepared for that. So I got to work at eight and I left and then I left to do my second shift at home during my lunch hour and I had to work till midnight. It was really fucked up. Um, and I got to do this. I, as When this comes out, I've had to do this yesterday as well, but it's good overtime and, you know, that's why I can't pass it up. Yeah, it was just, it was just, uh, you know, and then I went to bed or I tried to go to bed like right after, but then I was kind of like wired so I think I went to bed at two again, slept for three hours and woke up Tuesday and did that the same thing. Not the same thing, but I just, you know, went to work and then I knew I had the Tuesday show and it was going to, you know, it wasn't at home. So it was out. And then I knew I was going to go out after and drink some more just, you know, with my guest Lucy, which I did. I thought she was pretty good. So we went to the bar after and had a drink, but then she had to go. She also abandoned me. 
this week. A lot of abandonment issues. And then I hung out at the bar somewhere, and there was this guy there, and he was just, um, I guess he was fascinated that I worked at the cellar and that I knew all these comics. And it was fine. It was fun to talk to him because then it made my life seem great, which I guess on some occasions it is in that sense. Wait, you know Dave Chappelle? Or you don't know, who was he really? I mean, that's an easy one that anybody would say, but he was fascinated with somebody who was like my best friend, you know, like somebody like, like Jeff or somebody like that. And I'm like, yeah, we're like best friends. And, you know, obviously you guys know I'm not just saying that. We really are best friends. And he was, he just couldn't accept that. And he just kept talking to him. And it was fine. But then it was like 30 minutes later and he's still, t- I'm like, all right, all right. And I was like, you know, I got to go. This guy's driving me crazy. <laughs> and then I got a call from my friend who stayed Later, she goes, I can't believe you left me with this guy at the bar. I'm like, well, I, I didn't leave you on purpose with that guy. <laughs> it's just an accident. I'm sorry. So I took, I couldn't decide. Oh, so I went back to the cellar so I could talk to outside Steve because when I come out of the podcast booth, I, I come past the stairs and he's working. So he doesn't like, I, I got to say hello to him. Outside Steve is truly one of my best friends now. You know, we hang out on our weekends together. We have the same weekends, Thursdays, Fridays. Well, he has Saturdays and Sundays, but we have the same weekends. And we go out, you know, and do normal people stuff, not like our comic friends. So we are truly best friends now. And we enjoy each other's company. I like him very much. So it's very difficult for me not to say hello to him when I'm leaving, let alone that I want to introduce him to my guest. And I definitely wanted him to see Lucy because then, you know, we always talk about girls. But I also wanted him to meet my friend Danny Vermont who meant so much to me for so many years. But he's working and he's working hard. And I get it. I just feel bad. So that's why I went back this time and then he had some time to talk, which was great. Because I can't stand not being able to talk to him, you know. But I get it. It's not anybody's fault. You, I mean, if you're ever there, folks, and you see him at work, it's it's intense. There, remember, there's he's dealing with just annoying people that you know are trying to get in and they don't have reservations. Let alone the regular customers. Let alone homeless people uh, that are annoying and some that are just crazy. And then other comics saying, "Hey, what's going on?" And that's me sitting at him, staring at him sitting on the stoop as we normally do, but he doesn't like when I do that either. And I was just waiting for him. Now I know what to do, but I didn't know, I guess, the first day I started doing it. I was just waiting for him to finish, and then I was going to talk to him, but he doesn't like that either. And I get it. I mean, that it would be really fucked up if somebody was staring at me at my job uh, for 15 minutes, you know, just staring at me work. So I totally get it. It's nobody's fault. I just uh, feel bad. So then I went back, and we, and we talked, and that was... Uh, really nice and then i decided you know what i think i'm gonna just take the subway because i'm just the coldness i'm done with that's why i'm not taking the bike anymore if unless i'm totally bundled up i'm like i'm gonna take the subway it's early so i took the subway and of course subway wasn't working right so i have to get off on 63rd and lex and i got photos and the only reason i took photos because there's four huge escalators you're you're down so far and in the, in the city you're down below ground so far down i saw morlocks Thank you. Uh, now that I'm doing time travel stuff, I'm doing stuff from the time machine. Uh, Jeremy Irons was down there, and he goes, you're down so far, you have no idea where your time machine... I don't know what I'm doing. I would like my own individual order of ginger prawns. 
You must understand, Sonny and I were deeply in love. Ah. Well, I think now I'll have my own individual order of ginger prawns. I think I'm really getting uh, a handle on all my legendary British actors. Uh, I think the Jeremy Irons is different from the Michael Caine and the James Mason and the John Hausman and the Mike and I said Mike Caine anyway, uh, and whoever else. Anyway, <laughs> Sonny and I were deeply in love. Well, so much for the first coma. The second, of course, was much more theatrical. All from Reversal of Fortune. Oh, that's what it was. Somebody said they were doing a remake of Dead Ringers with Rachel Wise. And I'm like, how is that going to work? Because the prem and it, they said it's almost finished. And he said, this is the David Cronenberg, Jeremy Irons movie, which was so amazing. But it was about two identical twin gynecologists who were obsessed with, you know, vaginas. <laughs> And they were obsessed with this one woman who had a strange uvula or something like that. They got obsessed like with this one woman who had a, 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 a one-in-a-lifetime vagina. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what, is she going to be a lesbian or something? But, that, but that's, that, that, I, that doesn't work for me. The fun was that these men were kind of, and they were obsessed with this. That, 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 I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe it's something different. It, it seems like a girl gynecologist just makes sense. That's what made it interesting. And I, 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 I'm, my guess is men are, we were talking about this. I don't think men are becoming gynecologists anymore. You know, like, as a, you know, I don't, most women like to go to women. It's just back in the day, there just wasn't as many. So I think men stop, maybe they don't go into gynecology anymore. I don't know. I don't know. That seems like that's more of a woman's field now with, with all this stuff that goes on and the improper touching. It makes sense that men probably would try and stay away from that. So that is definitely more of a woman's field. But as we asked before, well, how many women urologists do you know? And only, I told you, my friend Mitch told me, and it, it wasn't a urologist, just a regular doctor, uh, said he only knew, you know, one that, you know, had to take care of the, the business we were talking about. Uh, and he said it wasn't awkward, which I don't think it would be either, but it's just interesting because it's just not a thing. I don't think there are any women urologists but there should be, because then I think all guys would probably go and get stuff checked because they get to have a woman touch them. <laughs> Is that weird or brilliant? I don't know. I think it for health reasons, <laughs> there should be uh, a lot of uh, models should go into urology because just for health reasons, to keep people safe and healthy and alive because i think uh then if it's guys like me and, and my friends we'd be embarrassed you know we're like i don't she's too hot i i don't know but um there's also a, a theory that could say that they would save a lot of lives he would definitely go in and maybe um uh you know you you'd definitely be more willing to maybe get a colonoscopy if uh you know you had a woman checking your prostate maybe i don't know you know because some guys unfortunately get colon cancer or prostate because they don't get it checked they don't want to but maybe it would entice you <laughs> i don't know these are just ideas i'm working on i'm working on them i'm working on them anyway i got home and this uh girl called me who always wants to hang out i told you i think but she called like it's 12 30 she's like come over and she was already wasted and i'm like it's 12 30 i just got home i gotta go to work at five in the morning so i can't talk but then i talked to her for like a 
an hour and I'm like, I gotta go to bed. I was like talking, she was asking me all these questions and stuff. I'm like, whatever. But you know, it just sucks having to wake up so early. So again, three hours of sleep. So that is probably why I slept so long on Wednesday. Because this happens every, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I just don't, I'm not getting sleep because I live two different kinds of lives, which I don't think my coworkers do. They probably go to bed at 11 o'clock like a normal person. And although I can do that on some occasions, there's some weeks where it just goes uh, fakakta. Like tomorrow, as I'm taping this, I go to my sister's house. Then I got to do a you know a double shift, not a double shift, but I'm working over them. I'm doing work at eight eight thirty next day. That's gonna be difficult. What do you want to say? You know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, hey, yo, ho, 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 hey. Anyway, I guess that is our show for today. Uh, just go in the city. Uh-huh. So, yes, tomorrow is Passover. Yeah, I believe it is. Tomorrow's first Seder. So there'll be lots to talk about next week. Because I think I'm going to go see Sarah in New Jersey. She's going to be at Red Bank uh, next Saturday. So we'll I'll be doing the podcast before that. And then we'll have stories about that. So as long as there's something going on at least once a week. So we have stuff to talk about. But look at this. Again, talked an hour. Really didn't have that much to say. But it always works out as we like to discuss in Just Gow in the City world. So I guess uh, I don't know who my guest is tonight yet. I think I should get a seller comic because Lucy tagged the comedy seller, uh, which was uh, I wish she wouldn't have because she's not a seller comic. So I got to get a seller comic. So I'm thinking about maybe Joe Mackey everybody loves because he's going to be there later so maybe I can get him to come a little early or maybe Todd Barry which is hilarious will promote his Saturday he's opening for Sarah and then Billy Joel A to Z what do we got an Innocent Man wrap up album the Innocent Man album wrap up show part one (laughs) yeah what's up so that's it for today I hope everybody has a great week happy Pesach (laughs) everybody yeah and have a happy Easter because that will also come up Happy Easter, happy Passover. Uh, So all the spring holidays are up this week. And we'll talk about all that next week on Just Gow in the City. Oh, good night, everybody. 